Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And welcome to another, what I can pretty much guarantee you is going to be an exciting episode of Wing and Clay Nation Radio. Uh, boy, yeah, hey, and is the weather great or not? I mean, uh, you know, I'm here in southeast Georgia. It's gotten cool in the mornings. Air conditioning's not running nonstop like it was for, you know, most of the summer. Uh, we've got the baseball playoffs going on. College football's wide open. NFL's going on, NBA basketball getting ready to crank up, shooting seasons are coming to an end, hunting seasons are getting started. Boy, I mean, there's so much to talk about, and and I have got just a remarkable guest with me today, and I'll bring him on here in a few minutes. Um, but I can assure you we're going to have some meaningful conversation about a couple of things, uh, one being the state of sporting clays around the, around the country and the world, and the other one uh, being my old stomping grounds that got me involved in the shooting sports uh, you know, business in the first place, uh, Cherokee Rose Shooting Resort down south of Atlanta. Um, uh, my guest is going to be Brett Moyes, and Brett is now uh, the owner operator of that facility, and, and we're going to we're going to have some lengthy conversation about uh, about his passion and what he's going to do with the Rose. And believe me, the Rose uh, at one time was quite the place, and I, I have no doubt that Brett's going to make it that again. Uh, before we get into um, <clears throat> uh, talking with Brett, I, I do have some winging clay news that I want to bring up and talk a little bit about uh, some events that uh, that are upcoming and some that have just passed. Um, on the news side, you know, I'm one of those people, I like to put my money in the pockets of those companies that share the same passions that I do. And, I, and I, a little something came across my desk here today, and I was so happy to see it. Uh, Wrangler, Wrangler jeans. You know, that's actually my favorite jeans. That's what I wear. Wrangler jeans has stepped to the table and made a $100,000 commitment to Ducks Unlimited. Uh, this is going to be taking place in the state of North Carolina. The Wrangler is actually headquartered in, uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina. That's where their headquarters is. But over the next five years, they're going to they're going to donate $100,000 towards uh, con- uh, wildlife conservation, land acquisition, stuff like that in uh, in North Carolina. So you know what? I'm going to keep wearing those Wrangler jeans, and I can't I can't thank that company enough for stepping forward because some some of the other jeans companies that um, that are are pretty popular are uh, just as anti about what we believe in as you can possibly imagine. I won't go there, but um, you know they. Uh, suffice it to say, that's the case. But Wrangler, that's the way to go. Now, <clears throat> what's going on in the in the competition world? Well, you know, on our last show, we talked a little bit about the ongoing World Skeet Championship that was taking place out of the National Gun Club in San Antonio, and and um, you know, we we gave you some updates on some some events that had already taken place. But I did tell you that I was going to bring you uh, who the final high overall winner for the. Um, uh, the 12, 20, 28, and 410 in, in combination, which is a total of 450 targets uh, uh, this year. And uh, this gentleman has uh, been there before. 
Todd Bender. And Todd Bender, uh, for those of you who are skeet shooters, uh, Todd has a number of instructional videos out uh, through uh, Sunrise Productions with my old um, outdoor TV partner, Bruce Scott, at, at uh, Sunrise. And Todd's a great guy, and uh, he's been at the top of that heap for a long time. And, of course, what got him up there again, uh, the little gun, the 410. You know, so many people really struggle with uh, with a 410 shotgun shooting uh, 100 shot round of skeet. And uh, Todd ran 100 straight in the 410, as did three others. And uh, in the shoot-off, Todd managed to win that. But uh, you pretty much, at, if you're going to play at the end of this event, you better have run 100 in the 410, and, and usually that's the case. So congratulations, Todd Bender, uh, the uh, high overall champion at the uh, World Skeet Shooting Championship over in San Antonio. Now, Sporting Clay's World, there's a bunch going on. Um, we recently had the, uh, the Southeastern Regional Championship, uh, you know, which one of the uh, one of the regional uh, championships for <clears throat> for kind of an, an overall tour that uh, the National Sporting Clays has come up with now at various uh, places around the country. And this one, always a big shoot. I had almost 600 shooters, just short of 600 shooters. And um, and the targets were were pretty salty. I've got to I've got to admit, you know, I do a do some do some following on some websites and some talk groups and things like that. And uh, actually, when when Brett and I get, get talking, we're gonna we're gonna talk about about target presentation a little bit. But uh, Derek Mine from Kansas. Now Derek is a Derek is an interesting young man. I um, uh, actually met him many years ago. Uh, you know, he and his father were were shooters, and uh, uh, they were pigeon shooters. You know, live pigeon shooters, and uh, we don't talk a lot about that here on the show. But that's that uh, that's something that does does happen around the world. And and uh, Derek, uh, who's just uh, you know he uh, he shot uh, shot in college uh, uh, in Kansas. Uh, but, but he won this event uh, with a score of 181 out of 200. Now, you know, most of the time you see these major events and the score is going to be somewhere over 190, which means, you know, these guys are shooting 95, 96, 97, something like that for the top top score in each 100. Um, this, was, this was pretty tough, and I'm going to tell you something. To take 19 targets out of 200 from Derek Mine. Uh, is a is a test, and so the targets had to be had to be pretty challenging. And then he then he also won the free task event, shot a 95 in that. Uh, Zach Keenbaum, uh, uh, a former national champion, also shot a 95, and uh, Derek won in the shoot off. And then in the prelim event, uh, Derek shot 100 straight. So, you know, it was his weekend. Make no mistake about that. And uh, I want to tell you something. Keep your eyes out for Derek Mine. He is also, and this is something that. Just out of the out of the clear blue, came up. He decided he wanted to try out for the Olympic team, and believe it or not, he the, the uh, recent fall selection Olympic trials match in the men's trap. Derek Mine is the champion. So, make no mistake, this young man uh, has an opportunity to do some great things, and he may very well, uh, when the Olympics come up next time, he may very well be representing our, our country in uh, in men's trap. Uh, you know, our, our fingers crossed. Hope that he is. He's a great young man. A couple of events coming up this week: um, the Diamond Cup, uh, sporting clays events going on at the Greater Houston Gun Club. Uh, got over 400 shooters uh, registered for that already. Um, you know, I, I really like that facility. I happened to design the uh, the first sporting clays course that they had there. 
you know, many, many years ago, and uh, and it was a little private club, and now it's just blossomed, and it's really become some, uh, you know, a, a big player in the uh, in the sporting clays world. Uh, also, Ducks Unlimited has got their first ever Eastern Continental shoot going on this week at uh, the Bass Pro Shooting Academy over in Missouri, just an absolutely beautiful facility that Johnny Mars put in, and uh, those folks will be having a great time, and then we're almost on top of it, the uh, National Sporting Clays Championship uh, at the National Gun Club over in San Antonio uh, is going to be taking place October 19 through 27. I uh, checked today, and they're almost up to about 1,850 entries in that. So you can just imagine that's going to be quite a spectacle, as it always is. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they don't go over 2,000 entries in that. And um, that'll be a lot of noise, you know, out there. Believe me, a lot of shooting going on. Hey, that's about all I've got for what's going on in the wing and clay world. Uh, you know, not a lot happening, you know, late in the year like this. I mean, generally, most people are thinking about hunting and shooting. And as we get closer into to the end of the year, we'll start hearing about some new products and stuff like that that we'll bring on board. So what that's going to do is that's going to give me an opportunity to bring my guest on. And um, as I mentioned, my guest is going to be Brett Moyes. Now, Brett... Uh, uh, you know, got started over here not too far from me. Got started working uh, in the shooting industry at a small club over in South Carolina. Uh, had a chance to go out to American Shooting Center in Houston, which is a, just a remarkable facility. Uh, one of the busiest uh, clay target facilities anywhere in the country. And uh, from there, he went to their uh, 1 of 100 uh, club over in Beaumont, Texas. Ran that and, uh, you know, found himself, you know, after that. Uh, in the in the trap renting and trap selling business, and and I can tell you, uh, you know, that's a that's a tough business because you're on the road an awfully lot, and um, and then the opportunity came up for a, a, a job at National Sporting Clays Association. Uh, the, the director's position came available. Brett um, applied for that, and, um, and and Ashley got that job. Spent six years there. And here recently, I heard that uh, you know he had uh, he and some partners had bought Cherokee Rose, uh, you know, down south of Atlanta, and nothing could make me happier to know that a guy with that that type of background is going to come in and take over that facility. Because as I say, that's how Marty got started. That's in 1990. That's how I got started in the shooting business with as a the GM and vice president of that facility. And uh, I'm glad it's in great hands. And uh, with that being said. I'd like to welcome Brett Moyers to the show. Brett, how are you, my friend? Thank you for being here. Hey, Marty. I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. I, you know, you told me today, you know, things are blowing and going over there at the Rose. I mean, you you actually had an event today. I, you know, he says, hey, Marty, you know, if you're going to call me, kind of do it in the afternoon. I've got an event going on here today, and, we want, you know, I'm going to be a little busy. And um, and sure enough, you were, and uh, and you say the event went well. Yeah, you know, we're, we're seeing growth every day, which is great, uh, trying to change the, the persona and the thought process that's been here at the Rose for the last several years. Uh, we're booking more events every day, and then we're seeing new faces, and, and some, some old regulars that used to come out regularly are starting to come back again, so it's, it's all good so far. 
Well, I, I can tell you they're uh, they're going to be in for a real treat because that is a beautiful, beautiful piece of property without question. And we're going to talk a little bit about about all of that here in in a in a few minutes and uh, and really get into the to the nuts and bolts of of uh, running a facility like that and uh, you know some of your marketing ideas and things like that. And uh, you know the one thing I do want to do though, and I and I haven't done this yet. I, I, I better throw this out there and remind everybody as I always do. The first part of this show is brought to you by my good friends at the Crushable Vault. Now, Crushable Vault is a product that I discovered or some time ago, and I'm a guy, I'm a guy that's traveled. I, I'm a traveling hunter and shooter. I mean, I am throwing my guns in the back of my truck a lot. I mean, uh, you know, almost every week I'm going somewhere to, to shoot. And I can honestly say that there hasn't been a time that I put my gun in the back of my truck that I wasn't concerned that somebody might break in and take it. I've got pretty nice shotguns, and, you know, I don't want to see them in somebody else's hands. Well, I discovered a crushable vault, and that's a that's a product that, that just totally put my mind at ease because here's what it does. It looks like a piece of luggage. I mean, it, it covers up your gun cases, but inside of that, you, you're able to cinch those cases with a cable system that they've come up with that actually not only secures your case or cases together, it also secures them to a, a solid point in the back of your truck, in, you know, in your back seat, you know, in the trunk of your car, you know, wherever. And, uh, and believe me, once, once you put those, those cables together, uh, nobody's taking that away. You, you Only you are going to be able to open it. So do me a favor. Go check them out, crushablevault.com. Take a look at, at the product. I think you're going to be really surprised. It's really good looking. And I can promise you, your guns are going to be secure and safe, and nobody's going to take them out of the truck. If you find somebody that or something that you like there, a little promo box, little square that uh, at checkout, just put my name in it, type Marty in there, and you'll get an instant 10% off of your purchase. But do me a favor, check these guys out, crushablevault.com. All right, Brett, let's talk, let's, let's talk shop here a little bit, buddy. You know, we, um, you know, you spent six years out in San Antonio, and, uh, and, and I know that, uh, uh, you know, back when, when you came on board, we were, and I say we because I'm a member of National Sporting Clays that at one time was only on the uh, advisory council and all of that stuff years ago. You know, we are really looking for a way to grow that organization. So well, how, how, how's that going? I mean, you're not there now, but, but you're recently there. So you've got a pretty good idea. How, how are things going at headquarters in, in terms of growing the, growing the organization numbers-wise? You know, it's it's interesting. Sporting Clays, even even today, is it's the fastest growing shooting or it's the fastest growing sport in, in high school athletes. So, the growth for NSCA has been fairly consistent over the last several years. Even prior to my arrival, there was there was a small growth percentage, and that number continues to, to this day. At least when I, I left a few weeks ago, so I'm sure it hasn't changed. Uh, you know, they continue to show. Three, five, eight percent, depending on year to year, uh, for NSCA. So the the sport does continue to grow. I mean, certainly, it's not necessarily numbers that any of us would want. I mean, uh, NSSF put out a study where they there was like seven million people that that recreationally fired a shotgun last year, and NSCA has thirty five thousand members. So there's obviously a lot more people out there that they can contact and and, and get in touch with. Uh, 
they've hired a, a marketing firm, a professional marketing firm, which has probably been needed for quite some time. Um, and they're really in their first year with those guys trying to, to come up with a plan and get some of these recreational shooters more involved with, with NSCA and the organization and, and shooting targets, not necessarily registered targets, but getting them out to the gun clubs uh, and, and getting them involved in, in more, more shooting, whether it's rec- recreational or competitive, either way. Well, and that's, that's a very interesting point because, you know, for so long, you know, the, 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 the word on the street was, well, NSCA is just all about the number of registered target shot. But, you know, water seeks its own level. I mean, the first thing we've got to do is get people actually doing it. And at that point, people can decide whether they want to shoot competitive or just be recreational or whatever. Seven million people that are shooting a shotgun. So if you can get a percentage of those, even if it's a small percentage, to come out and join your organization, at some point, those numbers will speak for themselves. They're, they're going to come out and join. they receive the magazine and a few other benefits from being a member, uh, whether it be the magazine or, or there's some discounts for different things like that as a member. And from there, if you decide you want to try competitive shooting, there's lots of options available. I mean, they throw 25-plus million targets, registered targets a year, there's clubs all over the United States. I mean, there's lots of opportunity to join that, and a lot of it is just folks that don't understand that just because it's a registered tournament or an actual tournament doesn't mean that you can't go, enjoy yourself, have a good time, and compete against not only your friends that are there, but but you're only competing against guys at your skill level. You know, to get that knowledge apart to everyone that's coming in. So they just because you're squatted with a world champion, a Derek Mine, as you mentioned, a Zach Kindbaum or something like that, you're not competing against them necessarily. So you have that ability to kind of work your way up through the classes and get into it at, at a slower pace. Well, it, it, you know, and it, it's, you know, we forever call this golf with a shotgun. And, you know, golf is exactly the same way. You know, we don't talk about golf a lot, but, you know, they have a handicap system. And, you know, I mean, guys are, you know, a guy that's an 18 is playing against a guy that's an 18. He's not playing against a guy that's a, that's a pro. I mean, he may right. be able to, might be able to participate with him, which is kind of nice right. because you can learn an awful lot just by observation. But, uh, you know, that really doesn't, uh, doesn't mean that, that you've got to be a pro. You know, we all have to start somewhere. And, uh, and and sporting clays gives us that opportunity. Sure, absolutely. Well, listen, we're up on a break, and when we come back, uh, what we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about some of the events that have been going on, and uh, and and I, I want to get Brett's opinion on on uh, you know target difficulty and things like that because we've had some interesting things this year, all the way from some of the charity shoots where. A whole bunch of people shoot great scores to to some of the major shoots that have been going on lately where a lot of folks were very disappointed in the scores that they shot. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. So, folks, stay tuned. Wing and Clay Nation will be right back after these messages. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? 
If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into marty fisher's wing and clay nation if you have a question or comment about the show we're here via email wing and clay radio at gmail.com that's wing and clay radio at gmail.com now let's get back to this week's show and back we are and hey uh, you know as i always do when i come into my second uh, second segment here i just want to remind everybody that uh, if you are a social media freak like many of us are you know i'm an, i'm an old guy and i've had to turn into one of those uh, wing clay nation radio's got some pretty cool social media sites that you can go to our, obviously our our uh, show website is wingandclayradio.com uh, lots of cool stuff there on Twitter, it's twitter.com slash wingclaynation. Facebook is facebook.com, wingandclayradio. And then finally, on Instagram, it's instagram.com slash wingandclayradio. So all of those social media sites, you know, I, I welcome each and every one of you to go there, kind of snoop around a little bit, participate, communicate with us, like them, share them, you know, whatever you want to do. And uh, But anyway, that's a, that's a great way to keep up with what's going on uh, show-wise, uh, in addition to listening to the show. All right, let's get back to Brett Moyes. And Brett, uh, you know, before before we uh, took that break, we were talking just a little bit, uh, you know, about the about the state of the sporting world. And and uh, you know, we're growing. We need to grow faster if we can. And I think a lot of a lot of that has to has to has to come from from people that shoot. You know, you know actually inviting people to go shoot with them. And that you know that that can't hurt. Um. But once you get into being a competitive shooter, and you know, you've got thirty-five thousand members of NSCA. I won't say that every one of this, of well, every one of them is a competitive shooter, but most of them are. And um, 
you know, the one thing about sporting clays that is a little bit different from golf, uh, you know, the golf courses are different. You know, they move the holes around. They move the tee box around a little bit. But in sporting clays, the one thing that we do, if we actually have individuals <clears throat> that set the target presentations, and really the shooters are at the mercy of the target setters. So I want to talk just a little bit about target presentation and, and what what's going on this year, uh, probably more so than in the past, although I think we've been creeping in, in this direction. We've, we've uh, uh, in some of the recent major shoots, we, we've had what people are really calling hard targets. Uh, you go to a Ducks Unlimited or, you know, a shoot like that where it's just a fun type shoot and a target's tend to be pretty easy and guys shoot big lofty scores and then they step away from that and go to a major major shoot and things are a little bit different so uh, if you would give give us your philosophy on on the, the target setting and, and where you think things should really be heading this direction for quite some time and it's an interesting trend because you know several years ago marty as you know <coughs> the the options that we had as far as equipment goes and, and what you could do with the machine were, was very limited. I mean, back when, the, you know, it was hand traps for a long time. So mm-hmm. there was only so many things you could do with a target, when, and the goal was to replicate bird hunting scenarios or some sort of real-life scenarios. Now the, the advancement in technology with all the equipment that's out there, the target setters have a lot more ability that, that they can do with a machine than what you couldn't do even 10 years ago or for some of it five years ago. So to be able to set some targets and, and you know, you can, you can add spring to them, you can crank up the spring, they now even have a robot where you can do it all remotely if you want to do it, you know. So, I mean, there's a lot of options that, that just weren't there in the past. So as, as targets change and skill level increases, and it has greatly over the past several years, you know, I think if you set the same targets that you're seeing now, if you would have set those... 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you wouldn't have seen anyone break 70%, let alone mm-hmm. 90% or something right. that you're seeing now. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's a line that you can that you can cross where you, you have guys that are really competitive and they want to shoot and they want to get better. But the majority of the membership, at least for, for NSCA and, and most people, they just want to go out and they're enjoying themselves. They want to have a good time. So you can certainly cross a line where, the targets are too difficult and, and you're driving more people away from the sport than you're driving into the sport or back to your club for that matter. Uh-huh. So you can get to a point where, where it's really good for you and, and you want to test those guys that are there. Um, and, you know, there's ego involved on both sides. The target setters don't necessarily want to get want to get beaten. They don't want somebody to shoot 100. But on the other side of that, the shooters don't want to go out and get beat up and, and shoot in the 60s or the 50s or the 70s even. So... You know, you just have to be cautious about what you're doing and, and have a good plan of, of what your plan is and what you're trying to accomplish. And, and if at the end of the shoot you've accomplished what your goal was, then then you've done well for yourself and hopefully for your facility. Well, and, you know, as you look at it, I mean, <clears throat> the, the thing that, that, that I've noticed over, over the years and in, in, in talking with, with people, you're really not necessarily competing against somebody else. You're really competing against the course. You know, you can't do anything about what another guy does. No. You know, I mean, if, no. if he's, you know, and, and and one thing I've always told told people when I'm teaching, if, if uh, you know, the guy that beats you in your class is going to hit more of the, what you consider easy targets, 
than you did. That's right. And that's a, you know, and that that's just fact. So, uh, you know, and and I will tell you, you know, you mentioned hand traps. The first time I ever shot at Cherokee Rose back in the, in the late '80s, before I went to work there, and this was, you know. <clears throat> Uh, they were adding all the automatics, you know, uh, you know, at that particular time. But the first time I shot, there was 100% manual, and right. that was uh, that was an interesting experience. And in fact, we had the old Serena traps, which uh, you know, not you know, not much of those around anymore. Uh, that came from Spain, but that's uh, that was back in the late 80s, and uh, you know, the game was absolutely brand new, and you know, and 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 of course, shooters. As you say, they like to they, they want to go out and have a good time. They want they, they want to they want to feel like it was fun, but but almost everybody once they get competitive, they don't want to be stagnant in class. They want to move up in class. Now let's talk a little bit about that because we're we're at the point now where, you know, when when master class was set up back in the mid nineties, there really weren't that many that many shooters that that were a part of that. But today, in the major shoots especially, there's a huge number of master class shooters and, you know, and, and some like it and some don't like it. So I was just interested in your philosophy on that. I mean, wh- wh- what are we what are we up against with the master class that we have today? Because there are so many shooters that are that are in that class. You know, it's interesting. That discussion has been going on for, for quite some time. Before I obviously was at NSDA, it was a discussion, and, and it continued every year while I was there. Um, you know, the, the question really becomes the guys that are in master class, they, they want to be in master class. Whether, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're competitive in master class, certainly not at a major shoot for the majority of them. I mean, we could sit here and talk about there's only 15 20 guys at the most at any major shoot that really have a chance for HOA. But mm-hmm. 60% of the guys there are in master class or double A. And how did they get there? Well, you know, the, the, a lot of people say they got there by shooting sub gauges or I can tell you based on the numbers, that number is very small of the people that made master class by shooting sub gauges. Yes, those guys are out there, but it's not a huge number. Most of it's done by guys shooting a lot of targets, shooting a lot of events, shooting a lot of local events, and they they probably are master class at their local events. And then they go to a major, you know, something like a Southeast Regional that, that happened at, at Rick Hemingway's place where at his local shoot, he's shooting in the, the high 80s, low to mid 90s, and then he goes out to Rick's place and he, he may shoot in the mid 70s or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So there, there's certainly something there for that, but the, the question really is, is it a problem for those guys to all be in master class? What, what really, if they're, if they're happy being in master class, knowing that they're not going to win anything, what are they really taking away from the sport? What, what, are, what are you losing by having those guys that are in the bottom third, the bottom you know, 30, 40 guys in master class? If they want to be there, they have the opportunity to move down every year, chances are, based on the classification system within SCA. So if mm-hmm. they still want to stay in that class, what does it hurt for them to be there? They feel like they've spent the money and the time to stay in master class, and they, they put the money into it to, to get there, and they want to stay there. Well, and as you said, at, at their club, at where they live, 
they probably are the master guys at that facility, and that's that's really good enough for, you know, for most folks. And that, right. you know, there's a lot to be said for that. Now, I, d- I did get a, a question, uh, you know, on the Shotgun World uh, website that I go to a lot. Uh, my buddy Mule Driver, he happens to be a student of mine of all things out in California. He and I duck hunt together, but uh, he he was really interested in 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 this conversation we're having now he's actually a master class shooter and and he really is one he's a he's an excellent shot but he goes to events and he says marty there just are very very few a b c d guys there you know what does brett think we need to do to to get more of them coming to these to the bigger shoots you know i think it's an interesting question i'm not i'm not sure that you're going to you know i mean you're, you're going to see the growth, and, and we see it every year, and this is how master class has gotten so big. There's, for, for many years, it was when, you, when the end-of-year review came along, there was nothing where we could look at it and say, not only can we end-of-year review you down, but we can also review you up into AA. So mm-hmm. the, the NSCA EC made that change uh, last year, I believe. So you can actually be reviewed up to get you in a more correct class at a faster pace. But some of those guys that are CDE and lower, they're just getting started. They don't have the confidence built up yet to go to a regional, a U.S. Open, a national championship. But as you see them progress, then they, they will automatically go to those bigger shoots. If they mm-hmm. stay in it long enough, which a lot of times they do, once they make C-class, they've probably been there long enough, especially when they get into B or A, that they're going to continue with the sport, certainly up through AA, probably into master class, and they're going to be there regardless. But to say, you know, we've got this large number of D-class shooters that are, everybody that joins an SCA starts off in D-class. How do we get those guys to a, to a major? You won't necessarily. Once they get more comfortable with where they are and they believe a little bit in their ability or they have a better understanding of the game that, just because it's a major doesn't mean they're competing against major competitors. They're still competing against the guys that were there, their little monthly shoot. But to get mm-hmm. them to understand that is what it takes to, for them to continue to go to these low, these bigger shoots in the lower classes. Well, and that, that's, that's an excellent observation, Brett. I mean, and, and I think you're spot on. I mean, you know, you've, you've got to have the confidence level to want to step out a little bit because once you, you, your comfort level is that little bubble that you're in at your local club. Right. And once you once you step out of that, you know it's 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 Katie bar the door at that point. It's like oh my gosh, because everything is different. So oh, yeah. you know that's a that's yeah, a that's everything. an excellent excellent observation. Hey y'all, we're going to start talking about Cherokee Rose here. Before we do, I just want to remind everybody this portion of the show is brought to you by my great friends at Negrini Cases. You know if uh, uh, if you've got a uh, a nice shotgun, you know, a, a, a Blosser or a Browning or a Krigoff or a Beretta, you know, oh my gosh, all sorts of different ones. You you probably got a Negrini case uh, that came that, that gun came in. Well, Negrini has been around for about 35 years, and they have a custom line of cases, uh, you know, over and above the ones that your guns came in that are really made for travel. And um, they're TSA approved, they're international airline approved. Uh, they've got that triple combo locks on them, uh, absolutely tough as nails. I mean, uh, it's an ABS plastic that, that is as strong, if not stronger, than aluminum and uh, really lightweight. I mean, they weigh 
less than half of what my previous gun cases would weigh. So they're really easy to carry around. Do me a favor. Go check out Negrini, negrinicases.com. Uh, if you find something that you like there, spend 200 bucks and uh, type Marty in that little promo box, and they'll send you a waterproof shot shell case uh, that, that they've got out now, and Negrini will pay the shipping. So just type Marty in there. Check them out, negrinicases.com. Now, Brent, we've got a we've got a couple of minutes before a, our formal break, and I, and uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Cherokee Rose. Um, in in a, in this first couple of minutes, how did the acquisition of the Rose actually take place? I mean, you're out in uh, you're yeah. out in Texas, and something had to happen to, to make this happen. Well, you know, I mean, obviously, where where I was at in San Antonio, I, I hear I hear about a lot of things, a lot of clubs, and and. Uh, we had been, my wife and I had been talking about trying to get into a facility for the last several years and just never had an opportunity for something to come up. And then I, I got the call that Cherokee Rose was going up for sale. And, and, and long story short, I mean, it, it didn't take long before, you know, we came out, we visited the club and kind of saw where we were sitting with everything. And, and, uh, and next thing you know, I'm moving from San Antonio, Texas to Griffin, Georgia. And, and, and here we are. So. Well, and it, you know, and I'm going to tell you something. There are a lot of shooters in your area, so uh, I think you're, you're going to have a you're in a target-rich environment if there, if that's a proper way to term term this. And uh, you know, and, and I sure wish you the very best with it. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to, we're we're coming up on this our second official break here, um, so I don't want to I don't want to get you going and start talking about your your vision for the club t- until right after the break. So, folks. Stay tuned. Wing Clay Radio with Brett Moyes, the new owner-operator of Cherokee Rose Shooting Resort in Griffin, Georgia, just south of Atlanta. And I will be right back after these messages. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. That's Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And welcome back, and we are getting ready to have what I can promise you is going to be a really interesting conversation when we're going to talk about Brett's vision for what Cherokee Rose is going to be under his watch. But hey, before we do that, let me remind everybody, I know you can't listen live to every one of these shows. I wish you could, but I know that people get busy and lots of things going on, so You know, not only can you find it on demand on the Internet, you can also go to different podcast sites, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and now iHeartRadio's podcast carries this show. So that's six major podcast sites that you can listen to Wing and Clay Nation Radio in addition to on-demand are on the internet. So let me get back to Brett and hey Brett, you know, um, Cherokee Rose, man, I, I can I can I can remember some some wild and crazy things that happened there and you know I can close my eyes and, and visualize that place there around a little straight shooter store at a pro shop store and all of that stuff. But uh, talk to me a little bit. I haven't been up there in, in a few years. Um uh, what what facilities do you have? What games do you have? I mean, what all can people play when they go there? So, you know, we still have we still have the pro shop that uh, currently we're it's just basic stuff that we're offering. Uh, we actually have a new logo being designed. It should be done tomorrow. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, the logo should be finished tomorrow, and we'll have some some merchandise for sale inside. But out on the the shooting ranges, so there there is a, a skeet field that's here. Uh, it was one of the first things that was put on the property uh, years ago, uh, pro- well, before you were even here, I would imagine. Yeah, that right? is correct. That was actually yeah. uh, when, when Gerald Lohorn built that. Yeah, place, Gerald put, he put it that, in. Yeah. yeah, he put that skeet field in long before he ever thought about it. Sporting clays didn't even That's exist right. when that it skeet didn't field exist. got That's put right. in. That's right. Right, yep. yep. Uh, the, the, only, the only problem with it now is once the sporting clays course was put in, the, in order to shoot skeet, you actually shoot directly onto my, my road getting to my sporting clays course. Mm-hmm. So, I don't. We don't offer skeet essentially unless you know there's no one out on the sporting clays course. Which luckily for us, that hasn't really been the case. So the only way to really shoot skeet is from you can shoot four, five, six, and seven, uh, just as practice stuff. And and I use that area for some games and some some demos and just to help people get associated with a firearm. Basically, some new folks. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, we have uh, two sporting clays courses that we run all the time. Uh, a ten station course that is what we consider our, our fun, you know, enjoyable course, go out, have a good time, friends and family, new shooters, beginner shooters. And then we have a, a 15 station red course that is, it's our tournament level course. There's some real birds out there, some big stuff. 
for the guys that want to practice for for different events, like you know if they're, if they're competitive shooters or something like that. So mm-hmm. we kind of have it mixed up where you know you can shoot a little bit, you can shoot all of it, you can shoot whatever you'd like to do, but there is definitely something for everyone. Now, do you still is the five stand still there? Yep, we have a five stand set up. Uh, move. The, well, I don't know when it, where it was when you were here, but it's essentially it's over by behind the pavilion. We have a, a great pavilion that I'm. I know mm-hmm. that was here when when you were here because mm-hmm. Gerald put that in as well. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, over behind the pavilion, we have a five stand set up that is is there as well for anybody that would like to try it out. Now, what what we do have there, what we did have there, <clears throat> and I know it's still there. And you and I have kind of broached this subject a little bit. Uh, Starshot. And uh, that that was that was quite an attraction when we first opened that place. Uh, what what's the story there? Well, it's still here, um, and and my goal is, and in, in kind of phase two of what our what we're what we've got going on here at the club, is to actually get it back up and going again. I don't I mean it's been years and years since it's been operational. Uh, right now, it's not functioning at all. It won't it won't go up. It won't go down. But I do have a plan. I've got some guys I've been talking to about getting it stood back up and get a new paint job on it and get some machines out there and start throwing it again. So hopefully in the, in the near future, we'll have, we'll have star shop back up and running. Well, you know, and, and, and for, for folks that don't know, you know, back in the, back in the, the late eighties, early nineties, uh, there was a shooting game on ESPN and it was a star shot game and they would, they would bring these celebrity guys. And, and actually that star shot was out at the, uh, at the old Packmire club, which is, uh, you know, is now B and B, you know, down South Los Angeles, and um, <clears throat> that thing was really popular. And and uh, yeah. uh, Mr. Lawhorn brought that brought one. I don't even know where he found it, but uh, you know, in his infinite wisdom, he he put it at Cherokee Rose and put it on a hydraulic lift, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and it was a little bit crazy. So you know, hopefully, you can get that thing back up and going. That that'll be uh, you know quite an attraction if you can. I think a lot of folks would really like that. Now, uh, talk to me a little bit. Brad, you know what? Uh, your goals, your you know, I, I know you've got your hands full. You're as wide open as you can be right now. You know, getting your feet on the ground and all of that. But from a marketing standpoint, um, uh, where, where where are the markets that you're looking for? Obviously, you got registered, you got corporate, you got charity, you got all of those things. Um, you know, and you're in South Metro Atlanta. Talk to me a little bit about uh, about those ideas. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because we, we have a very good location. I mean, it's very hard to be. We're just outside of Atlanta. From from the airport, uh, I've, I've gone there a couple times, like, my, you know, picking up relatives or something from the club. It's, it's 35 minutes to, mm-hmm. to Hartsfield International Airport right there in Atlanta. So our location is phenomenal. You know, it's, it's just a matter of getting these people back out to the club. You know, as you know, Marty, for for a long time, Cherokee Rose was it was the place to be. I mean, it was it was the club in the country that you had to check out. And and you know, our our goal isn't really much different than what it was way back then. It's to get it back to what it once was, where it's again another. You know, it is the club that you want to check out, not just in Georgia, but but in the United States. And we're kind of moving that direction. I mean, that's that's the final goal of it all. As you as you come into the club, you know, we started off just having to do some basic maintenance and some cleanup and kind of getting everything that you would see on a, on a normal everyday uh, shooting trip where getting that stuff back in order and getting it mm-hmm. back together. And we've done that, and we, we did it in a hurry. I mean, we didn't close on the property until the 28th of August. And <clears throat> literally when I got the phone call from the attorney saying, okay, it's done, it's closed, 
I fired up a, a piece of equipment and we started going to work. Um, so we, we went 21 straight 15-hour days getting it to where it is now so we can have events like we had today. We had an event today. We had an event uh, Saturday. We've got a couple more events next week. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're, we're getting back together slowly but surely, and then we'll move into the to, to what we're calling phase two for us, which is, you know, back in the day, and I think it's 2006, 2007, Cherokee Rose held a zone championship for NSCA, a state shoot mm-hmm. for NSCA, mm-hmm. and those areas are still here. We have access to those areas, but they haven't been used since since those shoots, so they're overgrown, and the trees are 20 foot tall and, and, uh, you know, getting those cleaned back up and getting them back open again, getting some more equipment in here and, and turning it into now we have two courses when it's all said and done, we'll have two or three practice areas, a couple of five stands. Uh, we'll have a 17 station course and a 15 station course. Well, that'll be remarkable. That's, <clears throat> and you, know, you can, you can at that point accommodate a lot of folks and that, that'll be just absolutely phenomenal. Now, uh, Talk to me a little bit. You know, back back when I when 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 I was there when we first got started. You know, everybody that was shooting the game, evidently they thought Daniel Boone was in their family tree, and nobody ever needed any instruction. I mean, he, <laughs> that's obviously changed now, and and a lot more people are, are are taking instruction. And you know, you and I talked about that. I mean, some of these young kids that are great shooters now, they got they became great shooters. With with good instruction, uh, what what do you, you you got something planned at the club for that? Yeah, so obviously I've got relationship with with a lot of those guys. In fact, uh, this Saturday we've well, Friday and actually Saturday and Sunday we've got clinics set up with uh, Kevin Kevin DeMichael's coming in with Bill McGuire, so they're doing mm-hmm. all day clinic on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Uh, and and a lot of those guys, well, I'm, I'm hoping to have over to the club. You know, I've talked to several of them. Whether it's uh, you know Corey or Corey Cruz, maybe we can get out, or Derek Mine, or some of some of those guys that I've got or built a relationship with over the last several years, and on a daily basis, I'm here at the club every day, obviously. So I'm giving some lessons here and there with with some of these younger kids, getting them started out, and and just kind of kind of working it in that direction. And, and <clears throat> I, I have luckily I've, I've become friends with a lot of those guys and I consider a lot of them friends and, and, and they're going to come out and spend some time here and, and we'll book some clinics and and uh, and get people doing all their training right here at Cherokee Rose. Now that'll be terrific. Now you mentioned to me also <clears throat> that uh, uh, you've got some school teams shooting with you now and because the, the school programs yeah. I mean we've got to replace we've got to replace these these this older generation of shooters who you know we want them to be around a long time and I'm you know I'm one of them you know as I get older and older and older you know the young kids are the future and uh, you, you're already working in that in that realm. Yeah, you know it's remarkable. I didn't realize it until until I got here, but I've been informed since then that there's actually over 400 high school shooting teams in the state of Georgia alone. So That's remarkable. It, it's incredible. And, you know, as, as we got open, it started off with one school that was coming out here. And now, actually, just since we've opened, I have five schools that are practicing here on a, a fairly regular basis, whether that be biweekly or, or once a month or something. And um, they're coming out to the club and practicing, and we're getting to meet all those kids. And we run special pricing for all the, the, the teams. So those youth shooters, they're not, they're not getting hit with the full, the full non-member rate. You know, we're, we're running special rates for those kids and all the shooting teams to come out and, uh, and give it a shot and kind of help them, help them get going. I mean, that, for us, it's the same situation. I mean, that is the, 
the future of the sport. So we got to keep them going somehow. Mm-hmm. Now, just out of curiosity, uh, you know, you, you've got your, your your small pro shop there now. Uh, what what are the plans for that? I mean, you are you you're going to get in the, in the gun sales, or, or, or where where do you think you you want to go? You know, long term, possibly for for us, it's not in the cards right now. Just just simply, we we wouldn't have the room even if we wanted to. Right. Uh, you know, we we have. We have ammo for sale, and obviously, you know, the course and eye and ear protection and things like that. Once we get the logo finished, we'll have some merchandise in here, some caps and shirts and things. Um, Long term, down the road, possibly to get into some gun sales, uh, but that for for us, that's not on the, that's not in the cards at this point. You know, we have uh, we rent we rent golf carts, I and mean, we we're a full stop shop for everything um, other than purchasing guns, basically. So we can rent you a gun. We can rent you a golf cart. We can sell you ammo. We can get your iron ear protection. We can do it all right here at the, at the club. So, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to own a gun. You don't have to go to Walmart to buy your shells. You can get it everything right here. Mm-hmm. Well, then that, that's the way it should be. And uh, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, I, 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 I do want to make sure that we that we give everybody an opportunity. We're coming up on coming up on time here. You know, time flies when we're having fun, and, and we've been having some fun. But uh, tell us a little bit about you know how does how does somebody get in in touch with you at the club, Brett? Because I, I can tell you, there are a lot of shooters that are listening to this show, and will listen to this show, you know, on on uh, podcast and and down the road on demand and stuff like that. That know those two words, Cherokee Rose, actually mean it means a lot in the shooting world. So, how do people right. how do people get in touch and, and find out more? So we, we have a current website that was here uh, when we purchased the facility. We have a, another website that is in process, and it should be done in the next, I would say, week or so. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we'll have that website up and going as well. Uh, we're, we're very active on social media. I check it multiple times a day. So if you got any questions, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those. Uh, you can get in touch with us there. And, and you can call the club directly. I mean... Um, you can do a Google search for Cherokee Rose Resort um, and find us pretty easily just outside of Atlanta. And and you can you can call the club directly, and, and my cell phone's even listed on there, I think. So you can get in touch with me uh, directly with myself. Right. Well, I think, as memory serves, and I'm just doing this straight by memory now, It uh, uh, for somebody on Facebook, a real easy way to go is a Facebook. It's, it's facebook.com slash crclays. Is that correct? That's correct, yep. Yep, okay, well, that's, well, yeah, once you go there, you can you can navigate and go everywhere else. Well, Brent, we are we are just smoothly out of time, my friend. But I, I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your very busy busy schedule to to do this. And and I, I sure wish you the best, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, Marty. And if uh, if you guys need anything from me, you know where I'm at, and I look forward to talking to you again. Well, I can I can tell you we'll continue to promote everything, and uh, you know I really really appreciate your time. And uh, folks, we are speaking of time, we are just pretty much out of time. So uh, until next week, shoot safe, take a friend hunting, have fun, and by all means, break more than you miss. And we'll have a lot of fun doing that. We'll see you next time on Wing and Clay Nation Radio. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting. We'll be right back.